Welcome, guys. Welcome, gentlemen, to another episode of Shonen Ronin, Anime Lately's Shonen Ronin. We are back. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's been another, another successful week. We had a little mixed match of chapters this week, and um, there was some, some good content in there. I'm ready to talk about it. I think we got a, we got some good stuff to talk about. I think mm-hmm. most of these chapters are in a, most of these, like, I think half our series are in, like, transitional periods. And then the other half is like, look at what we're doing today. Yeah. So, do you think, do you think they, do you think they, like, they plan around that? Do you think, like, because, you know, we know some of these mangakas are, like, friends. Do you think they're, like, you know, I'm about to bring back in something, someone important. I don't know if you want to do that during, this week or look, wait during the next PLW week. and Shibuya, Gege and Hori were sharing brain cells randomly. I mean, it's feeling like that right now. That's why I asked. Like, it, was like, it was like, oh, I'm going to bring back my character. Oh, I'm going to bring back my character as well. <laughs> like, they, it was that clown-to-clown communication meme. Except- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know. But I, I, I thought, so I thought this was a solid week. Um, getting ready for a break and a kind of off week and coming off that other, you know, other series on a break week. This is a pretty solid, well-rounded week. So I, agree. I think we can go ahead and uh, kick it off with um kaiju number eight. We haven't talked about kaiju in a little minute here on this stream. I think like a month now. Before yeah, we... nah. Still. They were they were like on a break, and then we had like everyone released at the same time, so we didn't have room for them. So it's nice to to kind of pick back up on some things. I, I'm not gonna like go too far back, guys, but just just this most recent chapter. Honestly, I thought this was like. A really really good chapter um so for those who have been keeping up you know that basically over the i guess the the last month i guess really quickly just to say that like the air quotes invasion or whatever is going to happen has yeah, whatever done. you want to call it yeah so that's kind of like the we're like in the the beginning steps of what that is so uh what did you what did you guys think what did you guys think of this week's chapter so Kaiju was definitely one of those ones that I have in the setup phase. And then is it to like, you know, this the action sequences that we got. It's just, you know, we have like these chapters have been focused more about like deployment, uh, and kind of being like, all right, it's starting. Like this this battle across the country is starting right now. And so I think. One, I'm excited because, you know, one of the things that I have been, I've been kind of waiting is to see what, you know, weapon number four can do. You know what I mean? Like, we we, we got, you know, um, Reno using the ice kaiju weapon. We've already had Kafka, who's, you know, just straight up transforming. And we're getting, like, depictions and different stuff to, like, kind of see where everybody's specialties are. But her thing was just that she was, you know, out here just rocking it with the with the gear. So now that she's got herself a numbered weapon, and obviously we've been, you know, holding back on showcasing this, I'm kind of excited to see what we're going to get out of it. But, you know, like, it's not like we're getting a bunch this week, and that's okay. Like, we don't need to get everything shoved into one chapter. No, I think it was it was really important to revisit the personalities of the characters that we have. Um, mm-hmm. They let us know where they're going to start the fight as far as the location, as far as which... Um, which squad is going to be taking kind of like the forefront of like staring the next course of actions. And we get, oh, 
we get like, oh yeah, you 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 know, you think you need to be worried because one of the people that they're rescuing is obviously another squad member that was there to see their daughter get married, blah, 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 backstory, whatever. I think it was a but cleanup. I think it was a cleanup guy. It's a cleanup division of like there that area. So he's still under captain, under that captain, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of like the whole like, here, let me show you how OP this person is real quick while also kind of like setting mistakes. So it's like, yo, the most the most dangerous person right here right now is is our boy and also he's basically like a human die you know die catch you <laughs> that's that's basically like that was an important i think set up to kind of give us a certain like perspective for what we're dealing with and then it was like okay at that same token this area has people on like seven different people on fortitude seven this area has this swarm of people. This area is dealing with this. We can't, and it's not just like we as the audience knew, okay, this is happening everywhere, but we're also getting like the, the real world field perspective of like, hey, this is happening everywhere. Like you responded to this and you requested backup. Okay, you can't get backup, which I feel like was good for us as the audience, but then it's yeah. also, okay, also we weren't expecting backup to begin with like this and like i said it just set a really it was a very solid tone set this whole chapter super simple single point refocus where we are and let us know what the tone of like the next couple chapters are gonna be and i was very i was very content with that and we got to see our girls decked up in her gear decked up in her gear um the homage to her mom everyone kind of like looking on to her we know that she's had time to train up and everything so this is setting up for a big reveal that we've been basically waiting for like 10 chapters for ever since we we found out the things that we well maybe 10 or 15 chapters um found out that you know her mom was the previous user and that she was gonna get inherited and you know everything even further back because you know the, the dad passed away like there's been so much anticipation to see her elevate to another level because she's just always been good for the sake of being good ever since we've met her like even though she's mm-hmm. trained and stuff, she's just always she's always already been ahead of the bunch. So to see her finally get in that form where she's basically, in my eyes, Captain Tear. Um, she's obviously like the buster weapon of the of the group. Just like, yeah, you know what to do. Send send out that, you know. So I like I said, I thought this was just like you said, it wasn't a lot to it, but it was a lot that we got from it as far as like a setup is concerned. So which, yeah, um, I definitely agree with you guys. Both chapters were a setup, but it also brings up the event where like you know time of peace is technically over and like you choose a wedding day to like yeah no we're we're, at, we're invading again and it's literally a whole disrespect that oh man there's just a special day nope you have a whole dark giant kaiju in your front of your face eating your friends and family literally all around this entire event it was all strategic for number from kaiju number nine he's mm-hmm. literally playing chess and attacking everywhere all at once the same way our boy all for one used to is, has been doing during that war arc too and like at least number nine took his time and didn't wait until like they came to they go to him he has all his minions and his i guess grunts and army of kaijus just attacking everywhere all at once and he knew specifically that the uh the squad are low and low man like low in squad but they at least have soldiers who are able to use weapon weapons kaiju weapons in general to be a one-man army for each and every one of them and stuff like that 
And I kind of think that the fact that, you know, we also haven't seen, you know, what vice captain is up to, the one who, you know, who was training Kafka and the swordsman or whatever. We have a lot of potential for this. And if you think about it, we got quite a few individual kaiju who seem to be a bit more intelligent, emphasized, you know, that like popped up and vanished. So from that perspective, we can kind of look at all those locations or all those kaiju we saw get emphasized as potential matchups for our mm -hmm. various characters and squads. So right. as we see some of them, you know, get cycled up and we figure out where they are, it'll be like, oh, well, the the kaiju that hit itself as a girl is in Sendai, which we might have covered where it actually is, but I don't remember off the top of my head right now. Mm -hmm. So she's going to go fight, you know, the girl... Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name randomly, even though we just covered it in the chapter. But yeah, no, Shinomiya. That's, that's yeah, I, I was right. I, I was right. I don't know why. Like my brain was like, it's not Shinomiya. It is. It is Shinomiya. But yeah, like so. Let's say Shinomiya. We're gonna start to see these kind of like pair off, and yeah, not just a, power, not just power clashes, but also personality, and and, mm -hmm. and that might be intentional. You know, that might be the enemy ops like studying up on different things and trying to match not just strength but also intellect and personalities. So we might see a little bit of a strategy type of game here for these um these coming fights. It's it's just gonna do it one at a time. Have Shimoya have spend maybe two chapters for her and then give it to our Kafka's friend because technically he's the new weapon suit for number four mm -hmm. give him a couple more chapters because he's like the one he's like one of the only ones that has we don't have enough information all we know that he has the ice abilities and the guns and he works with a yep. team and partners he's not he's the one that's not doing he's he has he's the only one with the least amount of experience with a weapon kaiju weapon but he at least have teams and vice captains and people to help support him which is still good it's just the only problem is they're just short on manpower and stuff and we already know and we can definitely see that kafka is the last what it's the last resort kind of weapon especially with knowing his side effects is the more he uses his kaiju form the more he'll turn into a kaiju like permanently mm -hmm. but but do you guys see like even though this invasion is happening, do you see like they're already sending out their hidden squad to attack number nine? Or would they have to stop the incoming attack first and then see if they can counter back onto the invasion back to number nine? Yeah, I kind of wondered about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts too, Anaki, because it seems like they're setting up this. They made a very intentional point to let us know like, hey, they're attacking like <clears throat> major government facilities, transportation facilities, all these different things. So it kind of feels like we're getting like pulled in the idea of like, hey, look out for this while something else sneaky might happen. So I'm kind of curious as well. My eyes are kind of like, okay, are we trying to, we don't, we don't, we kind of still don't know the enemy's objective. Like even from the enemy standpoint, from the, 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 the hero standpoint, like we don't really know their objective, which I thought we were kind of going to get like a. Uh, a spiel from them from their type to kind of see it from their eyes but we still haven't so it's it's interesting to kind of continue progressing but yeah what, think, what do you what do you think i think we kind of have to get a section where we focus on what the kaiju are doing because you know they, they have these waves of fodder and to a certain degree you know that it's it's kind of expected the kaiju are going to be more ruthless right so from that angle 
we'll, we're going to see like, you know, we have people just wiping out, you know, whole platoons more or less of kaiju in less than a second and doing it with weapons made of their bodies. And then you remember uh, Vice Captain is going to be using a kaiju weapon that's still alive technically where we know that they're going to want certain things out of them or maybe want certain weapons back. So it's kind of like, all right, it's only a matter of time before they start planning around this. And of course, we know that these suits cause strain on the users. So it's kind of going to burn through some of their energy and some of their stamina. And then that's when I think the the biggest, the big steppers are really going to start making their moves. You know what I mean? So I think we get to see them kind of do the send in the pawns or, you know, as Magneto said back in like what, X3? Oh, the, the pawns go first. And then <laughs> they all got shot up with the, like the anti-X gene medicine and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of the direction that we're trying to set up here. So, you know, it'll be good to see them kind of deal with an actually organized front. And I think that's kind of where it's going to be about how efficiently the fodder on both sides, fodder is on both sides is utilized because mm -hmm. the better the humans utilize their fodder, the better chance they stand at surviving against these heavier hitting kaiju. Uh, especially when them sacrificing fodder isn't nearly as detrimental or dangerous because it's still going to take more resources from the humans to kill the fodder on the kaiju side, you know? Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, the the three pairs that we kind of know of um, from the OG squad or whatever, including the vice captain, are on different teams. So I'm wondering if they're still on different teams or if some of that power has been like uh kind of centralized. What do you what do you think, Sam? You think we're you think we're gonna get to see the whole crew get together at this point, or is it gonna be a while again before we see um our four rookies and the vice captain and, and everybody in the same space again? I think this we're gonna have to it's this entire mission is about being it's divide and conquered at this moment because it's like they're hitting everywhere all at once and you can't stay and you can't have the entire team stay in one place at one area so the best so the one thing they need to do is separate their powerhouses and into each division branches of where the most destruction possible is especially when they're targeting resources and mm -hmm. their supplies and everything and that's something that you cannot give up in, in general you don't know how long it's going to take because when you have six, because 64 days was 64 days was planned, or the or 62, 64, whatever, how many time was used. Both sides were training, as well as not knowing what the other person was going to move in general or and that win, sort of stuff. Or necessarily how much information the other side truly had. As well as they, low recruitment, too. Remember, they had to mm -hmm. increase the age, like literally from the start, they had to increase the age limit of joining the army in order to continue fighting. They're, they are very low man, not enough fighters, not enough soldiers, yet this entire squad platoon were mainly trained for this purpose to be the best of the best of the best division of the entire defense squad in general. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah, it's way. clear that people are getting a little tired of the kaiju and they're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to get involved in all that. It's a little, yeah. I might die. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. uh, as far as my closing thoughts, I think the idea is that our main cast, the ones that we know are like 
the elite fighters mm-hmm. should all be at a, like a I would say maybe like a four to two eight to eight point five level is what I'm what I'm expecting like as a baseline yeah. minimum I I feel like they should all be around that that fighting point where they could fight a Daikaiju on their own um of like I said at least, I would say at least an eight point five if we really want to be like formidable and be able to like have some type of fairness to what's going to be going on like i think they need to at least be at that level bare minimum yeah no they they are gonna have to really be putting in that work to get that it's like if they aren't on that level i don't see them having any hope really and it's not like it's not a knock on the game or a game or nothing it's just it kind of is what it is you know what i mean like y'all gotta be able to really deal with the nonsense that's coming at you or is just down bad tragic like these are monstrous stakes here and either you have to be up to that level or there's no way they're succeeding i think that's really all we can really say about that it's just that we're not gonna be we're we're not gonna see we're not gonna be seeing kafka in like maybe three months i would say i say by like I think by this October we'll see uh Shimimoya and the uh Kafka's friend, uh, the ice dude weapon. And then maybe we'll have Kafka next month or next following, or else we just we have the vice captain and the captain together, which I don't mind that because I feel like it's been a while since we've seen them both show out with the dual weapon of swords and literally her and her tiger and just sniping the entire weapon or using her um drag knot yeah i think i think i, I i'm i'd be surprised if we even see the drag knot um but i think they're gonna stay in pairs um i don't think we get reno right now because reno should be in another division with um what was the other kid that looks like tetsu i don't remember their name that pair should be over there with the other captain i think that's like a whole different like they're in a whole different area so i don't think he's gonna show up right now so I, I think I think you're right, though. I think you guys are right. I think it's just going to be isolated for a while. So that should still be interesting. I'm still interested in seeing yeah. how everything pans out. I, I feel like we covered what we can. Like I said, half of our series that we're talking today are setups. Like a good chunk of setups. And then the other thing, don't get me wrong, like we're back on peak for another series. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we got real whatever back. So but like especially in this case it's like this is like the this is like the beginning beginning of an arc so it's like there's not a whole lot we can talk about here but we need that's lore okay. that's really it we need we need lore in order for us to like talk more about and yeah besides like, just battle 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 different ways of how they fight and what's their new special attack kind of thing we we kind of need more lore information cuz right now we're at this juncture where kaiju number 8 is basically like have you seen a kaiju series before? All right. I don't need to tell you anything. <laughs> like, that's kind of... Yeah, it's based on your interpretation kind of thing of everything. So, like, but... If you're familiar with kaiju lore or you encounter kaiju series, then I ain't got nothing to tell you. Like that, I don't know I... how else to describe it. Like, I mean, there wasn't really much. There wasn't many that was actually good lore. Besides, yeah. like Godzilla and stuff like that, but still, like, there's not like many, but we have to wait. Give it a shot. We can move on to my hero, Academia, three sixty eight. All right, Kenny. So I know last week you were like, 
I kind of want to get out of here. So I want to know, how did you feel this week with what we got? I mean, I, I was very torn because I got what I expected to get and I didn't want to get it at this point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I wanted, I wanted Deku there sooner. And I, I've been very vocal about that. I feel like we should have already kind of got into where we were. But remember when I said the stakes needed to be properly set? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've now overcooked the meat. And it's just like, you've got five minutes or else. And I'm like, what? I, I, like everything else is going on is like amazing. The setup is amazing. Like, I'm, I don't know, but I, I so, just. So him saying the time kind of ruined it. It, it threw me in a weird perspective. He could have fought a little more before revealing that power or that technique. Maybe he shouldn't have because you want to catch him off. I don't know, but. All of a sudden, as soon as Deku has gotten here from, and I, I kind of talked about this last chapter where it felt like there was so much stuff happening. It feels like the plot went from we're not moving fast enough to we're at a breakneck pace and no pun intended on what we got as a reveal. Yeah, I was going to say. It's mean... <laughs> But like, we're really shifting into top gear and it's just like, okay, so what happens? Like my immediate thought was like, okay, so if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, then we're all screwed. Like, you've already said that, but you've been lying to me with every reveal that you've given in the chapter over the past 10 chapters. So, like, what are the stakes? There's no real stakes to me right now, and I I, that, I didn't I, like I think that's kind of fascinating because I, I guess to me that would be like, I'm not going to say that because, you know, like, people don't die in one piece like that, but to me what the five minutes timer is is just, you know, gear four and what happened in Dressrosa where it was like, yeah, but he hasn't well, even, he, he's not lost to him yet. He hasn't fought him at all seriously. Like, at least with Gear 4, there was some interactions ahead of time. And you know I what I mean? Actually, but I think this plays into that thing that you said you wanted last week, too, which is that you were like, man, I, I kind of wish Mirio hadn't calmed him down so quickly. I did. I do. I do. I do agree with that. That sentiment. So, so him being like, as I gaze upon this battle, I'm going to use my time limit based work to beat you down as quickly as possible while Shigaraki is in his most defensive state. We now know, like, Deku, you are going to not finish this fight. Nope. And what is this going to cost you because you chose to do it this way? That's the question on my mind right now. Because yeah. if you notice, one of the main things, if you look at page seven, when Shigaraki, when like Melvin, AFO, Shigaraki jumps, which is one of those things that I actually like about how my hero is done is it doesn't 100% adhere to physics, but it still does do a decent job of focusing on the physics. He jumped with so much force that he made the UA structure tilt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he goes in to get that smash or whatever. And it's like Deku's only able to do this while he's in this state because it's not like it's one just like a big bulky form but two because he's starting to try to overclock and you know he had the fajin black whip set up and all this other stuff that he had preemptively made so it's kind of like deku came in with fajin stacks all this other stuff ready to kind of and i and i do think if he were completely level-headed he would have tried to kick shigaraki around a bit more before 
you know, busting out the gear shift. Like, to me, we know Deku is not finishing this fight with Shigaraki in the state. That's definitely yeah. fair because we, yeah. we weren't expecting a whole physical one-to-one con- uh, fight was going to be the end of the fight between All for One and Deku. Especially but, without him using his quirks. I feel like this is like, if I were to compare, like Goku doing Kaioken. Mm-hmm. Not Super Saiyan, but like Kaioken fight. And there's actually a good chance that this the final fight is all going to be happening inside the mind of Shigaraki anyway. I do uh, think that's possible. Yeah, I was still I was still on that premise. I still was on that premise that we were gonna have this was gonna end up being in that that whatever space we want to call it, the 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 vestige space. That's just yeah, the vestige space exactly. It is still nice to see that we finally got the review of uh, from uh, the second uh, quirk of transmission, and we finally, finally, with one hundred percent like certainty on Horikoshi's part, killed one of the most and least popular theories in the My Hero community. Which one was that? Which Bakugo? Have you heard of that one? Oh yes, oh yes, oh, this is Bakugo from yeah. the past. Nah, bro, this is transmission. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's also overclock because we because of vigilantes, but yeah, different, but different, but different. I think they're like, I think I guess they call it overclocking when they know if they have to go. I guess another people, another people's person, uh, the way of saying uh, plus ultra. I guess this is in, like vigilante. They call it overclock quirk kind of thing, mm-hmm. but but this is interesting though because we usually thought that. All the quirks that Deku possesses has like were like almost military tools, mm-hmm. especially kind of weapons. But what exactly is transmission? Is it like a wind up thing or is it like a charge time? So it's the easiest way that I can explain it based on what we've seen is speed force manipulation, just for lack of better terminology. So, uh, and somebody clarified it for me because I couldn't remember the name of the villain that this was done to, but. One of the Flash's powers that almost never gets adapted into stuff, and it might have been adapted into the CW Flash, I'm not sure, is that he can steal speed. Mm-hmm. And so a while back, there was Wally West, during Wally West Flash run, he fought a villain named Inertia, who I guess managed to kill Bart. And what Wally ended up doing was stealing all of his speed to the extent that he ended up stuck as a statue. So this is kind of like a toned down version of that because you see like he's like what's he doing to me and where'd he go? This is nothing like that glowing energy from before. He's far too fast almost as if and then he's like nah this is a whole different beast than it used to be my buddy. And so what it does is it's like a debuff for your opponent if you tag them and an accelerant for yourself. But I'm assuming that you know, basically the burden of slowing down your opponent still creates some physical exertion and enhancing yourself causes some physical exertion, which is why we have the timer. But it's also like if you're <laughs> cranking yourself all the way in the fourth gear, you're you're in overdrive, you're going real hard, you have a timer. Like in that to a certain degree, that that's why I'm like, no, this is like gear four. He's gonna end up burned out for a while, and we're gonna have to see what happens. Because in this defensive state, where do you notice that like Deku kind of blitzed him on arrival. 
And when he went to jump in, even before Deku activated this gear shift, he used Black Chain and threw him. And then he was like, I'm going to tap in. Let me get in gear. So from that perspective, it's like... It, Maybe to like, cat to him me, in the position? Into using that Black Chain to get him in the position to switch to transmission lock. And then but, start bopping him so that he could... Which I'm pretty sure, like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be a triple punch or not. I think it is, because it's pow, pow, pow on every single panel. And I think each blow, he was able to, like, go, like, a bit faster and, like, a higher <laughs> gear. One of the things that people were talking about is how, if you look at the pose he's doing, it's reminiscent of what All Might did to the USJ no move, as he's, you know, getting that blow off into his stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you also have to factor in that. The when Mirio going wait the sounds are delayed is basically letting you know that he's punching Shigaraki faster than the speed of sound. Yeah, and if you think back to Endeavor Agency, um, I can't remember if it's in the Viz or if it was one of the scan translations I've seen both pages during that time period when Endeavor like runs off. Uh, Deku was kind of like wait he was gone before we could like hear him running away, and it was kind of like letting you know that like. Endeavor was breaking the sound barrier too, like moving at like jet speeds and stuff like right. that. So it's like we're getting these parallels stacked with his mentors, all these experiences that he's like been around, like kind of showing you that like Deku is applying almost every single level of his experiences and mentorships to this one moment. Mm -hmm. But this is also why I'm leaning more and more towards Mirio having to get packed up. Because Think about it. When when Deku was about to lose control, Mirio brought him back in. When Deku was ready to be like, oh, well, I guess Shigaraki was right, or Awful One is right. It's just him. Mirio was like, mm, he's capping. Like, at every turn, Mirio was kind of like seeing through and reading this Awful One situation. Yeah. He's keeping Deku's head level, performing the same exact function that Gran Torino's performing for All Might back in Kamehameha. All Might, yep. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of basically everything that the series has been about kind of following into this chapter, which I think is the real reason why it feels like a lot. Because everything about the series has been building up to these conflicts. And Hori is honoring like every moment in the series every dynamic, everything that is related to All for One and Deku and like the inheritance of One for All, all the relationships, all of that is being paid off in these conflicts. I see it. So, I definitely see it because everything because from All Might to Gran Torino to the, sec the second user, because even the second user is like, no, nah, this is different. It's a different beast back in my day because I believe Deku was charging this, right? Throughout the entire, yeah. like, months of chapters like wait don't use it yet just you're, you're supposed to wait for the like final moment when you're fighting shigaraki and stuff like that which i'm wondering is like couldn't deku use this to practice more or to gear more or was he really just charging up for this speed force day by day kind of thing i think he hadn't gotten enough practice with it because he almost used it to get there right and it seems like the second user was like don't do that because you remember he was like, don't, mm-mm. Yeah. So it kind of seems like, in you remember they were talking about how they were like, hey, you you kind of need the vestiges. It almost seems like you kind of need the vestiges permissions to tap into those abilities. Mm -hmm. 
to a certain degree because they were like, hey, you two play nice. You need, he needs all of our powers. So it kind of seems like they have to be on board for him to gain full access. But one of the things that I also kind of mentioned is that Deku spent, Deku was around like 30 to 45% at the war arc. When he fought Nagant, we got to see him going up to 45%. Yeah. And one of the things about that that I don't feel like we don't really talk about because it's not necessary mandatory to discuss is that we weren't really seeing, it, it didn't look like he was doing 30% and jumping up to 45%. It kind of seemed like he was just coasting at 45 Mm-hmm. Coasting 45 and Fajin's ability together. And that was just, yep. Fajin was just enough to help cover the remaining parts of what he ever needs exactly. and stuff like that. Thus the, but, the, full, the full 100 uh, premise in of self. The, the crazy thing about that is that Deku fought Nagant like the first week of April. And we know that he was basically out doing stuff for a couple more weeks after that. Mm-hmm. And so we know that it's like May now. And there was a point where Deku had black a black whip activated outside of his body, according to the volume notes, 24 hours a day. Along with danger sense being active. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Deku was getting a lot, like a lot of one for all practice. If you were during yeah, that time period, if I remember correctly, it was like every ten to fifteen percent he gets a new quirk to learn to practice. Because after Danger Sense, it was Float, and then after Float, it was um, was it Fujin? Yeah, he was... got, so he got Float and Danger Sense both during the war. Right. Black Whip activated a little while after Overhaul arc, where Overhaul arc is when he was hitting twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Once we got to like that forty-five percent, it was like, oh, he can use Float, Black Whip, Danger Sense. Yeah, and Assuming started trying we get to another fifteen percent for these other two. Then, yeah, <clears throat> arguably, we got him up to you know seventy five percent here with Fajin. Yeah, yeah, and and then he unleashes there. unleashes transmissions that I could be boosting him up another series of percentages and of itself so, potentially. And so his base one for all really could be up to or possibly even having one hundred percent full cowling active. Specifically mm-hmm. because, and I like did the math on stream earlier, if he was really doing um, full cowling and black whip and danger sense active 24 hours a day for like that whole month before 1A made him come home, that's about 720 hours of practice with his quirks just in that one month. Mm-hmm. That's so impressive. That's I didn't I didn't yeah. take that into consideration, but that is that is very impressive. And his mind was so laser focused, so there was a lot less, you know, there's a lot less distraction, a lot less filter. And he literally was he was in hero mode. He was constantly mm-hmm. in hero mode. That's all he was thinking about. So and so I take if, it back because I think I said before that he didn't have enough practice, but he's had more than enough practice. <laughs> yeah, because it's like even if he because like even if he wasn't even if we don't give him like the full awakeness of practice, we know that there was a point during that time period where he had that stuff active 24 hours because it's straight up, Hori straight up tells us that in the volume notes. And so with that in mind, we know that he got hundreds of hours of practice with these quirks in real life scenarios, just straight up drilled into the lag. So if he can use 100% full cowling now, I know some people will be mad because we didn't spend a bunch of time in the Deku Black arc, 
and do like an extra 20 chapters but for me that would have actually kind of dragged on because it just would have been him fighting a bunch of random assassins nah. for the sake I, I think of we fighting a assumed. bunch of random assassins like, yeah no we we could have assumed that his his full calling was at a way way higher just just between everything like we should just be assuming he's been using it we know that that's like his core to his whole foundation as a as a hero so like mm-hmm. it, it, i think having that assumption there isn't bad uh, just, there's a lot. I mean, we could have been assumed that that would have been more annoying off camera, but I think this is fear. I think this I mean, is fear. Hori also gave the example of the uh, muscular man thing. Yeah, I'm just using like 15 or 20 percent, and that's really it. And that's how much as you can predict from literally from how how 100 percent can look. Technically, the 100 percent example, the best we can got from was when All Might really injured off one mm-hmm. at 100 percent, but now like. Deku is supposed to be stronger because he has all the other quarks and vestige into his abilities, into his everything. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that we, we still have to also understand that again, and I think the, the even pointing out the 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 full month of conditioning is that his physical body has to be at a level to handle the quirks as well. So he's he's been beefing himself up and he's had time. Another part, important part of like working out and stuff is having that rest time. So when class 1A forced him to have rest time, that's even more strength that's built up in theory yep. um, because he had time to rest and thus settle in with those things and heal up and recover and all of these different things. So it, 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 an exponential jump isn't even like, oh, this was so random and out of place. You know, it's really now it's just kind of like, okay, well, we get to see the fruits of what it took for him to operate at a constant 100 100 plus percentage all of this time and having the time to reset heal be proactive do your research he's already had a fight for you know we already saw the difference in scaling just even in the toga um interaction like we already knew that he was not he was not in the same league as everyone else so that was just like good to see we saw how strong bakugo was which i mean that was a precursor to everything that happened here so we know that deku has to be on that level or higher um obviously the more so leaning to higher so it's just kind of like yeah what do you expect i feel like you know it's, it's good writing I, I i don't know what people could possibly be upset about with this i think it's all paced well for it to be good writing and everything um do you guys think that we're we're gonna have one more chapter of deku versus shigaraki or are we gonna finally transition now so this is where things get kind of fun because of what happened with the first episode of the anime this yesterday. Yep. We adapted chapters 268, or two, I think it's 258 to yeah, through 260. So we got three chapters adapted. And based on the titles of the episodes, because there was a leak, if you want, I can send it over and you guys can like kind of peek at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, we're expected to continuously adapt three chapters per episode for at least their entirety of the first four. That makes sense. Based and off of the if, fights, that makes sense. And if we maintain that pace, and then for the last two episodes of the season, do four uh, episode or four chapter clips, we can get through the entire Star and Strike fight the last two episodes, just like we did with season four with the Endeavor fight. Mm, that'd be great. Because remember, remember, I said that a while back. I was like, I feel like we can get, um, we can get Dark Deku. In into this arc, I oh, don't feel like there was there wasn't mm-hmm. so much content that we had to be like. It feels like a lot of content, but when you start talking about again adaptation, 
it didn't feel like there was so much content that we wouldn't be able to catch up very close to it, which would make sense because we know that this is basically the end of the series for the manga. It would give us enough time to turn around, finish putting out the manga, and basically have a final season ready for whatever the next season would actually be. Which would be a very fitting... um, be very fitting. We could also squeeze in another movie in between there. I'd love to mm-hmm. get a Stars and Stripes movie, honestly, with her being a focal point of the movie, even. So, and to back you up on like the, the structure of this, if we go all the way up to the end of Star and Stripe, or at least chapter 334 specifically, what we just got is 368. Mm-hmm. By the end, so, you know, that's 34 chapters between there and now. And then we have 24 more weeks of episodes. That's going to be at least another 20 chapters. So that's another, you know, two to three volumes. And then assuming we get even like halfway through next year, and I still think it's funny that people thought that My Hero would actually end this year. I'm sorry, but if you believed Hori when he said that, you didn't pay attention to the interview where he said he thought Sports Festival was going to be 10 chapters. Like. <laughs> 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 and it's just that simple. You just dip, you just miss that information. Yeah. And the second you go, oh, he said that. And what, what's even funnier is, is that specifically, he said that in an interview with Kishimoto, where Kishimoto was straight up like, anything you expect to write as a mangaka, you might as well double it. Like, was basically straight up told, yeah, no, forget your expectations. There's going to be more than that. And what's more is because we know that there's going to be at least two breaks and jump around December and some other stuff. But basically, we got about 34 chapters. So what we're at right now, if we keep that same adaptation clip, the next five chapters will compose up the lap, the back end of like the rest of like the first core of season seven. Oh, there's, there's so, so much other things there because then we get so February, we get the two different New Year's. So that's also a good time to make announcements. Um, yeah, yeah, that's this is on this pacing is it's starting to seem a little. I still feel like this was a lot for two chapters, but it's starting to make a lot more sense. I mean, remember I was like, these are structured like he's writing more and more with like the anime in mind. In mind, yeah, because he is indeed writing with the anime in mind. And then again, I just looked at the tweet. Yeah, that that's that's starting to pan out because it there there was definitely parts of this coming arc and parts of previous interactions that will come up that that did feel very structured and now i'm thinking about it and i'm like yep this like even the nagant fight is it's the whole thing is structured like an episode it's structured like like two three episodes or possibly one or two episodes so that's interesting it's i i this might actually end up being the best season of my hero academia for me this current season. Oh, season six. Actually, I, think, I mean, I, like I already it. knew that. I knew that like like season four. I knew that this was gonna be my favorite season, but like it's really looking like it might be my favorite season. So first off, this core is hands down, just based off what it looks like. Um, the previews had stuff that was a little further in the season. I trust my hero to always knock out the first core. First core of season two sports festival everybody still loves sports festival i think sports festival is a little overrated as an art goes but people love that first core of season two. First core of season three remember what that is force training um, into kidnapping. kidnapping yeah the force training yep first core of season four 
Overhaul. Overhaul. Remember yeah. what first quarter of season five looked like? That's even the if, training again with the like classes. Training, but I, the funny thing is, I like joint. I like joint training. I didn't like the rest of it. <laughs> I thought like, the rest of it wasn't adapted well enough. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Consistent, consistent. So it's the second quarter where things can get kind of shaky, and that comes down to production schedules and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So this first quarter of the war arc is going to be insane, and I think that. Especially but that might be the they, payoff. That might be the payoff for us having that lackluster second core of the previous season, season five. The payoff and, might be that we get fired for the first and the second core in season six. And you got to remember, we don't have a, 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 a as long as no COVID anything like that pops in because mm-hmm. we we didn't we objectively a bunch of anime studios did have some disruptions during season five, and Bones was mm-hmm. one of them. And that's that's why season five ended up having stuff being worked on it during EA and My Villain Academia episodes where some of them episodes, I think specifically Toga vs. Curious, was being worked on like up to the day before it dropped. Because mm-hmm. production cycle got destroyed by COVID. And they had to like change how they were doing stuff and make it where they were the VAs were getting to record at home and all kinds of other stuff that they normally weren't doing before. So there were a lot of different changes made to how the anime was being structured that for some reason just didn't make it into online discourse about the season. Um, Mostly because, you know, if we just talk about the facts, it's like, oh, people were struggling to get things done properly. And that, because it's one thing, if you can run around and say like Bones had an anti-NBA agenda, which I'll say that the production committee or like Shueisa might've had some issues with uh, NBA. And I can say that confidently, because I retweeted one of the CyberConnect CEOs a while back during My Villain Academia, where he was talking about, oh, it's kind of taboo and showing a jump to show the growth of a villain this way. Woo-woo-woo. And then you fast forward, and all of a sudden, My Villain Academia is restructured. Obviously, a decision that was more likely made by the production committee or Shueisa, whatever. And then you have all this weird stuff being adapted. So during that time period, I retweeted him again. I quote tweeted him again. And I brought up like, hey, if you look back to this, woo, 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 this is part of what's happening. You got to remember that these big wigs have a lot more say than you think the studios do. And you guys refuse to acknowledge that. And people didn't want to acknowledge that aspect of this because they want to pretend like this isn't a business and it's just simply an art project. And right. it's not. Nope. Right. And you want to get, you want to know what happened? <clears throat> that tweet got deleted. Hmm. Yes. Not wiped, not wiped off the face of the internet. Not Anakia out here exposing the conspiracies. The Illuminati didn't like that. <laughs> I hope you got the screenshot proof. But... So the Mangekinati didn't like that, bro. <laughs> I mean, once it's out there, it's 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 stuck there forever. Somebody must like most likely have a screenshot or something about that. Oh, I'm pretty sure if I go through my media long enough, I can find a screenshot of that tweet. But the fact that he deleted that tweet during season five's airing, yeah. to me, is or, one of the or, biggest red or, flags. Or was made to delete the tweet. <laughs> even, even worse, if you really oh, think about oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to this. I'm about to break my NDA. You didn't have an NDA. You just screwed yourself from that moment. Nope. Oh, man. So, no, that, that's, that's crazy. And you know what? So to the, be fair, I, I, really, I really did not give the appropriate reprieve to studios dealing with the pandemic for that year of anime 
And we talk about that being a rough year for anime, but it it's like we really do neglect the fact that they were also as we were existing through the pandemic and still constantly putting out content for us week after week after week, regardless of what was going on most of the time. So that doesn't give Seven Deadly Sins any um reprieve. Yeah, no, that they no, did. no, but no. that was wild. <laughs> no, that was, no. Just, no, that was a game of everybody, I'm not giving everybody a pass, but I just just wanted to say that I did not give enough credit to the fact that there was a lot of work going on despite all of that. Seven Deadly Sins was the, a weird game of hot potato where a studio was kind of like, yeah, I don't actually have time to do this, so uh, take this. I- I'm not gonna hold you. I don't think I think Bleach was gonna be delayed regardless. I think Bleach Bleach's delay had more to do with having a lineup for One Piece um and Boruto in a certain level of coexistence and also tying into Black Clover coming off the air. I think Bleach's delay was going to happen regardless. I think the pandemic gave them a convenient excuse. That's that's where I was. That was the, the point in the chat that like Bleach was also delayed a whole year. But I, I had always been of the opinion that I felt like there was a we probably weren't gonna get Bleach when they had initially. I mean, Bleach it. was the uh, too big to fail <laughs> plan, and they they definitely do not want to risk any chances of it failing, especially during COVID. There, I remember there were many animes that were delayed because of COVID, and mm-hmm. there's like no episodes in there, and then so much con- anime conflict because I think Japan what they do is they for every season on anime they at least plan like up to two air days and seasons and if you can't match you and you have like at least two days where you can have a delay or if it's not able to happen or conflict or animation because i remember 86 has that issue Mm -hmm. and we end up having that last two episodes this year when it wasn't really a whole season later basically and it was just literally just two episodes left left us all in a cliffhanger ending and literally made a lot of people not care much anymore by the time like it's ready to re-air the day. It was, a good, it was a good ending. And it, it was, was a good go ending. Back and, go back and watch if you haven't gone back and watched it. It was a good ending. But yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I just, like I said, I wanted to give reprieve like while we're talking about it, like just honestly, I just honestly didn't, like I knew, but like I didn't give as much care to it. But I really am appreciative of just the fact that we were even able to have a consistent fairly consistent stream of, of multiple animes throughout the past three years honestly like especially since i think most of these workers were working from home during that time too with the limited animation supplies that they had some, some of them were are locked in the studio away from them homes because they had to be um quarantined so they weren't allowed to even go back to their home so they were better off basically just staying in the office and working which is crazy in and of itself yeah, there's no overtime for people who ask. Nope, there isn't. <laughs> no overtime, no extra pay. All these people are literally living into the stu- living in the studio and just like for the last for the next couple of months, but they, they were still able to give us content every single week. Hey yo, Anarchy, you sent a plate. <laughs> hey, my lady was cooking for me while I was streaming was streaming. Lesson, lesson. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we got we got to swim back. Is there anything else that we want to wrap up here with? Um, my hero, my hero. Um, I just know that uh, more than likely we got, in my opinion, at least like 30, 40 chapters to come. And actually, there's a there's might be also a good. There's also might this might happen where they don't need to transition to the other characters anymore because 
Horikoshi did that for the war arc, but he only did it for three perspective, only for the, the hospital, the, the mountain, the Gunga mountain. Mm-hmm. And um, basically where class 1A was and what they were doing with Gigamakia, that was really it for a transition. I don't think there's going to be much transition much either since we already had the Endeavor and Hawks versus All for One. This uh, Deku finally makes it to uh, the fight against Shigaraki. And then the first one was technically the... Um, I'm going to say it was with the Toga moment where he, she stole them. That was Ochako. They don't really need to transition to any like side anymore. So my personal stance on it is that they don't need to transfer to some of those battlegrounds for the students. They need to transfer to those the battlegrounds for the villains. For the villains? So for okay. example, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we need to transfer towards Spinner's area because we know that he's trying to break out, I think, Kurigiri. And so we kind of need to see, and Spinner's the one leading the metahuman, or like, you know, the metahuman. So we kind of need to see some of that stuff, talk about those plot lines, maybe, especially because I think Shoji's in that area. So we kind of need that mutant discussion between those two or between some of these characters. Um, I think we do need to talk about Aoyama. We got to transition back over there. Um, I think it's almost mandatory that we cover and transition to where Giganto Machia is, one, because of the threat that he presents, two, because um, the guy dubbed Gas Mask God is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Gas Mask God is the man who killed Midnight, whose corpse was discovered by, you know, Mina and Kirishima, who are both there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got that moment that we kind of so there's certain things that and oh yeah and then I did we, did you we might off screen it though like I'm afraid Horikoshi might like off screen those moments that I don't see getting off screen I I think I think with the focus being where it is now I'm guessing that we're gonna end on Toga that's kind of like my guess like I think we end the series in wherever Toga's perspective is because if we're handling Shigaraki sooner rather than later. Then to me, that's the final piece of the equation. And again, like we like to remind y'all, this is a story about what it means to be a hero. This is the idea of being a hero. It's the idea about saving everyone, not just who you think. So I think even with that regard, I definitely have to go back to Spinner because there's also the heroes who don't look like humans. I think that's like a big mm-hmm. thing that needs to be addressed True. in this series. I think that's not something that, that's going to get slighted over. And then almost... to go back to Toga, like you said, to me, those are at least two key points that have to, if I had to make a solid prediction, I don't think this series finishes until like deep into 2024, possibly even 2025, if we're even close enough by then. I think we've got at least 80 chapters left. There is a lot to explore that Horikoshi can go into. And I think the fans and people would enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even I mean, you can, like you you can wrap said, it up. You can always wrap it up. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've seen series been, get wrapped up before. But what my hero is, I just, I don't see... It'd be a wasted opportunity. I don't see them, yeah, I don't see them doing that because that's exactly what I was going to say. It would be a waste. It would be an absolutely, absolutely catastrophic waste of marketing, of of, of merch, of potential. Again, like I said, they could at least squeeze another movie in there. We can get some OVA for for, um, Mm -hmm. the spinoff series. There's so much content that we could put out over the span of three years versus... All right, let's just finish it just for the sake of finishing it. And move on We're to still waiting. Thing. I'm still waiting for Vigilante's adaptation, honestly. And my mm-hmm. personal stance is that because we have this, what I like, I said, 
I expect the Shigaraki fight to be in phases. So I, I look at it as we're in phase two of this fight. I think we got at least two more phases after this phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because of that, I kind of see this as if we have two more phases after this phase and the transitional period between those phases is when we get to go around the horn and go see some of these other locations. Because you got to remember, Dobby is active again. Yeah, I and figured Dobby be the first kicks. one. I feel like he'll be the first person that we transition to for villain side in a way. So, or, or like, it might continue. It might continue in the pattern. So you might go back to Toga, go back to Dobby, come back to this fight, and then maybe like because there's there hasn't been an order so far. So I mean, I left out Spinner in that equation, but like we we might just go back through the same exact format that we did before, or the reverse of the format. But I, I, at this point, it doesn't matter. I think the biggest there's thing... also the uh, old, the uh, old body of all for one. In mm-hmm. his like last stand moment too, which and that's why I said we could go backwards because really we would go backwards. We would go to to Endeavor and all for one old body. Then we would go back to Dobby. Then you know continue just kind of like progressing back and then come full circle with everything. I think that would be pretty cool, um, just because that's where our minds are as far as like what's fresh in our minds. Because it's like mm-hmm. yeah, certain things are really far away. So to jump back to literally the first fight of the series might be a little much right now. But to go back and be like, all right, we're just going to start slowly progressing back to some of the other stuff. And we know that these things aren't necessarily happening one after another or one before another. There's some overlap. So seeing yeah, some how of this is concurrent. the overlap, there's going to be some subtle things that are kind of like, okay, well, this is also going to be connected to something that's happening with the fight with, um, uh, you know, Deku and Shigaraki. Something might happen at Dabi's fight, which causes Todoroki to end up at you know, the location, I think there might be some more powers being assembled even to just kind of deal with the the encompassing fact of what this is. And then to the same point, I still agree with you on that notion. I think it's definitely four to five phases for this, um, the wave of what um, uh, Alpha One is, um, what mm-hmm. Shigaraki is, and how we end up dealing with that. And ultimately, again, the point of we, we're going to save Shigaraki. I don't know if everyone realizes this, but like we're going to save Shigaraki. That doesn't mean Shigaraki lives, but we're going to save Shigaraki before this series is done. Yeah, we'll save I don't know, but we'll I, can't say what, I can't say for everyone else, but Shigaraki is definitely, to me, Shigaraki is going to get saved. I don't know if Toga gets saved. I was hoping that she might, but like, I actually see some good premise for her to never get saved. I, I mm-hmm. see some good premise for ending this series, and Toga's just completely like, look, I see what you're trying to do and this is where I exist and this is how the world's going to always be. And there's some grandstanding for that that would actually make this a real chef kiss end of a series. But we'll see where things go. I don't want to jump too far in that direction, but I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, now I'm glad we had this talk. I, every, every week we talk about stuff and I get a little bit more excited about My Hero Academia. Like I get, I guess, just a little bit more excited about what this series is ultimately going to be. And a lot of people have slept on My Hero and I think reasonably so slept on my hero academia and it's probably time for you all to wake up i think it doesn't help that secretly we have a lot of people who have big platforms in the community but part of how they got that platform is talking about some of like the easier to digest stuff so like the biggest voices don't always have the most in-depth looks partially because people aren't always looking for in-depth content for real anyway. Like people will say they are, but really they just kind of like to look for confirmation biases or really long ways to say this is raw. So there's a bit of that 
too that I think really applies to My Hero because My Hero has such a large anime-only fan base that I think that it's kind of like the opposite of the One Piece fandom where I think that One Piece fans sometimes like overblow things like where we talk about the people be like you guys think this is a silly pirate manga <laughs> and i'm like oda is basically telling you every other interview that people like how to try to put him to the fire for it no dude like i, I, I this is a silly pirate manga he's, I just a, he's a big kid what stuff. is a big kid what <laughs> like, is a big kid he wants yes, to kids. teach lessons <laughs> to kids he wants kids to be able to have serious like you know, he has his own kids about, like, to teach this stuff. You know too. how you know how we talk about how the Lion King has you know gives people an opportunity to have the conversation about that with their kids. That's mm-hmm. what Oda does with his writing. He creates the opportunity to have serious points of inflection and reflection that kids could digest in a, in a way that's still playable and funny, but very much so still undertones of things that are serious. Like One Piece is gonna be around for a long time. We're gonna we're gonna respect One Piece way more in the future than we do right now because of just like certain five things, years. you know. I say another yeah. five years. Because like yeah, my thing is, is that, I, like for example. I say it like this. Oda will tell you slavery is bad, but he's not going to necessarily, like he hasn't in a thousand chapters made Luffy be like, I'm going to find anybody who has a slave and whoop them. Because like, like he wants you to understand these things are bad, but he isn't actually trying to build a story around let me go stop all the bad things in the world it's very incidental and if he was trying to make it that like make that point he would have at some point had luffy help one of his friends and then had luffy have to go back and be like hey dog you stepping out of line but we avoid that because it's like it's about like as you said alvez freedom and dreams it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to talk about this stuff because it's an antithesis to freedom but it's not supposed to be about that dark stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. I think people enjoy having something fun and exciting to just read that will sometimes acknowledge that stuff, be clear to say like, no, I do think this is bad, but it's still primarily more about the adventure and the having fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It wouldn't fit Luffy because he's been written to not be a hero because he's been written to not be a hero as a character we don't have to go through and do that stuff with him. We don't have to make mm-hmm. those social commentary points through Luffy as the vehicle. That's why the Rev- Revolutionary Army was written into the story. Otherwise, we could have just had Luffy handle all of it and like his whole armada could have yeah, just taken He could have just world. been the revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. It would have been too boring if it's... Actually, it would be boring if we it was all declared that Luffy is the hero and everything like that. No, mm-hmm. he's a pirate. Pirate doing what <clears throat> do and it's like yeah. you know stealing gold fighting he's, people he's a pirate living the pirate life trying to dream pirate dreams like it's fun yeah. and like sometimes the people we have to fight are not good people i mean it makes yeah. total sense and like they're being cruel they've done some injustice stuff and more and we know that it's morally wrong and oda shows that and all the backstories and we at least know where they come from from that point but it's still like wrong morally wrong even from Mm -hmm. an upbringing and everything like that but and you know i think he also intentionally or unintentionally points out that like history is being told by the winners 
Yeah. And it's kind of this thing where you get to see the multiple perspectives, but at the end of the day, it's who's in charge and who has the power that's that's kind of writing the history for you. And, you know, we talked about that even last week, or just like we talked about what, or two chapters back, we're talking about just like, yeah, you heard nothing. <laughs> you didn't intercept anything. <laughs> Actually, this island never existed. Well, right. excuse me, you know, but this is, this is the reality <laughs> of, of like One Piece's world, right? Where it's just kind of like, again, we said like, it's important to have those different perspectives going and have the revolutionary because this is the truth. Some people see certain things as people being the good guy and the bad guy. There's some, some people, you know, who looked at Hitler as a hero to them. Yeah. From their perspective in their world and where they lived and, and that time to him, to them, he was that person. Bring it to even modern times. There's still people who are racist because mm-hmm. they still align with there. things that they think are right. You see, you see what I'm saying here? And again, that mm-hmm. to me, this is why One Piece is going to be timeless because it's going to end up being these little segments, little chunks of things that allow us to have real serious conversations for a long time while still, you know, having some goofy moments in it. Yeah, I think it does a good job of giving you that topic if you want to talk about it, but it doesn't go out of its way to make a hard in-depth point outside of, like you said, history is written by the winners. You got to be careful how much you believe that you're told and realize that ultimately, as long as you live in a country, you live somewhere where there's government, you will have to follow certain rules and that's how society is structured. And then you have to look at your society and what it's doing to decide if that's good or bad. And that's kind of where that is. But yeah, I don't I know do, how I, we got to One Piece. It wasn't in the cover <laughs> chapters. It wasn't one piece. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Deku did use gear two, three, and then top gear. Oh, you, so. you know what? You know what? Deku did indeed use gears one through five. I mean, two through five. You are absolutely correct. Well, really, I was just making it a point to like also say that whereas when you look at like Deku is supposed to be thinking about directly, you know how is our society structured Structured. is this the right society for us is this the right approach and that's part of why this battle needs to go through the phases because deku burning out is going to force him to rely on others others getting injured but also standing up to all for one and being able to still make it and help him out in the end is going to be the thing that goes you don't need to be such a hyper individualist we don't need to be such an individualistic society Yes, we can have exceptional people, but even those exceptional people have help. Just like, you know, you have the CEOs that are like, I climbed by my bootstraps. And it's like, did you climb by your bootstraps or were you born in the 70s with middle class white parents that had a decent amount of money and you got to move up in the world and there wasn't as much, you know, X, Y, Z. Apparently money can also give you a quirk too, but it's a Exactly. You see how that works? Like Deku being an average citizen was born quirkless and that was just the end of it until he met all might he had to just have Mm -hmm. a chance encounter which is another thing that ties into how the real world works who you meet can have an astronomical impact on your career like my channel got monetized partially off of meeting rogers base just by becoming friends with him i got a couple extra hundred people come check out my channel which you should Right. But like, it's the idea that like just meeting, like just happening to get along with a bigger YouTuber got me more viewers. So it's like when you have that kind of like that storytelling reflected, 
See, Alves, I found you because of Roger. And I don't have a problem with you finding me because of Roger. Because at the end of the day, the YouTube algorithm is wicked as hell. Oh, very. Now it's like, like shorts. Like, you either have to do shorts or you better punch in the very right name to the title of your video. Mm. Or you basically have to be borderline deceptive in how you title things or have ridiculous thumbnails, etc. Even if you would have been trying to find an MHA content creator because of the fact that I wasn't turtle quirk, pineapple, um, lightning, Can't like lightning. lightning, yeah, like because I wasn't already a bigger one, you probably wouldn't have found me. When I look at what videos are recommending my videos in analytics, it's the most random stuff. It isn't often where it's like chibi reviews, my hero chapter, da 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 recommended your video and these people clicked on it it's very rare when other my hero videos are even recommending my content which puts me mm -hmm. in a really uphill battle with the algorithm it's the a hard fight it's a very hard fight for everybody and then, yeah so it just kind of is yeah. what it is and that, so that goes back to what you said about just like people with influence deciding to talk about things mm -hmm. to put it nicely <laughs> yeah literally just deciding to talk about things and now they're their fame is being attributed to talking about whatever, whatever topic. So, so uh, to end our um, my hero. So it seems like uh, Luffy Joy Boy is the vestige for Deku. Really, gears. <laughs> That's been confirmed. Well, you guys do remember the first art piece Sorokoshi ever did that got him to Shonen Jump? Do you, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. It was like a. <clears throat> something so, not involving heroes but i remember it was something else it was damn yeah, it it was his it his wasn't sketch, it was his sketch of the crew it was his sketch of smoker that mm. he drew before he was even out of high school i'm pretty sure that oda put in a volume are you talking about from the other side yeah that yeah like that like one of the first things hori that like hori got in jump or in a, a Shonen Jump product was an old drawing of Smoker. Let's see if I can find it just to send it in. Shout out to shout out to Oda letting letting the fan art originals back in the day. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, honestly, like it wasn't just the timing schedule with everybody else of introducing and set up. It was all right. I'll follow your lead, but I want to use this example from your shit. Sure, why not? It's literally up in. I mean, yep. One Piece was on break anyway. I mean. So, uh, Oda posted it at the SBS for volume 77, but Horikoshi drew it at age 15 in 2002 is when it was submitted. Throwback. Throwback. Yeah. The first, so the first thing that got in a jump magazine from Hori or got into a jump product was a sketch of Smoker. And here, I'll just real quick send the link. Just because so you guys live chat. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Hori ain't even that much older than me. That's crazy. I could be a famous mangaka. Hori was born <laughs> in uh... was he married? 87. Yeah, I think it was 86. I don't think Hori is married. I know, hold on. Hori was born in yeah, I think it was 87. Because specifically I remember looking into when like one of the biggest terrorist attacks happened in J J Japan history. Mm -hmm. And the, the coincidence is that I was eight when 9 11 happened, and Horikoshi was eight when that attack happened. So I oh, do wow. think it's, yeah, I think it's 87. 
Jesus. Yeah. No, that mats up. If he's 35 now or he's about to be. Yeah. That, he's that, around that, there. That mats matting, more or less. I think if I, I remember in the interview, he said, like, if my hero didn't succeed, he was going to retire and quit, right? Uh, yeah, he he. that was because it was going to be his third try. Yeah, yeah kind of. Shout out to Omar Shinrikyo. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Holy Trinity video I did that was about how Shigaraki was representative of the uh, a perversion of the Trinity from Christian theology and three beings in one. And then Shigaraki ended up being three beings in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was that was nice. I, I do think that aged very well. Fine oh wine, <laughs> which actually might be good right now. But, right. You know. That's so but, crazy. But yeah, guys, um, I think if we're good how with long, my hero, should we how go long into? Have I been reading One Piece? It's been so long. I think yes, we can transition. <laughs> Something more newer. Something more more newer. Undead unless. Let's let's just let's just let's just uh, blame God for everything in Undead Unluck. So the thing with Undead Unluck is that this wasn't a setup chapter, Mm -mm. but it it, it's weird because it's like a it's the beginning of a close to a story arc. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so it's like there's both arguably a lot to say but at the same time I feel like depending on how you say it it very quickly becomes very little because this chapter was very centered on Juiz and Victor this is us like getting basically an official goodbye to Juiz and Victor I mean I still think I think we we could argue that it's been this this portion of the storytelling has been about Juiz and Victor yeah it started with from Juice's side, and now it's kind of wrapping up with Victor's perspective on it, mm-hmm. and all that came to to a head in this what was declared as the attack. You know, whatever this big attack is, um, you know, hit him. They hit him with the um, the the G Gundam burning finger. I'm gonna put all my rage, my heart, my feeling into this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, this is my love. <laughs> Today is the release of Mercury, so I mean, why not? <laughs> oh yeah, that Mercury <laughs> retrograde. <laughs> yeah, now nah, we got the new Gundam today officially, episode one. But no, nah, I, I just, I, I, man, this, this was so. This chapter was way better than I was expecting coming off of last week's chapter. If that makes sense. I wasn't expecting to be fulfilled as much as I was was ultimately fulfilled from reading this chapter, and I was very pleased with that. That that like, hey, no, this is why you have to do it. I I gave up on putting any any anger towards this. I've been trying to flee you, but you've constantly been on on behalf of everyone, Juiz. You've been mm-hmm. holding this grudge. You're the one who's been holding this grudge the most, and then. The other key thing that we got is that they've only, and it's clear that they're only going to get two of the sacred artifacts. Mm-hmm. And they barely were able to get the two artifacts in this loop. So I think that might end up being really important, really, really important part of going into the final um, parts of this story was that they got the Shield of Ages, which, uh the genericness of it being the shield of ages but it is literally the most popular the, shield the, the olympian, <laughs> the olympian yeah, shield the, the thing yeah. that bothers me about it is that 
an Aegis is a shield, so it's the shield of shields, but right. it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the shield of all shields, you know? Yeah, but whatever. And then the sword um, is Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we, we kind of had some allusion to previously that Rebellion was some other thing besides what we thought it was. And then, yeah, I don't know. We have um the what's the memory card thing again that's also like it's it's just interesting that we're getting all of these reveals of like how important other things are and the fact that it's still not enough and realistically they also put the perspective of like god's still in the perspective like sun is still in the perspective to destroy the loop and the arc right now like you're not free yet <laughs> like I, they, they, that kind of was also like snuck into the chapter yo what i don't like about like if you if you see like page 15 you see like luna the most happiest almost like sinisters too yo fuka was like looking at it like yo why are you why are you acting creepy at this very moment like i know because okay because it's like at one moment you think you could almost this is like tozuka being like do not get it twisted luna is not on their side right luna is also a villain (laughs) luna also a villain to a certain degree, you could almost argue that Luna is a bigger bad guy than the, the sun. Because Luna is like, yeah, I'm going to give y'all artifacts to reset this so I can prove something to the sun. Whereas if Luna had just let the sun destroy the stuff and be done with it, they wouldn't have to suffer like this. She's yeah. the one that create all these artifacts and weapons and all that shit to fight. And it's literally... The chess pieces are the humans of this world, and literally, God just makes all these laws and rules and all that stuff to go against mm-hmm. them, really. But like, if this... Luna hadn't been doing this this whole time, would they even have had to suffer? Like, sure, you could argue that there would be no humans at all, but I feel like that would be preferable to dealing with this. Or at the very least, if God kept destroying the Earth after He got bored with it and <clears throat> reconstructing it, you could argue that. At the very least, you know, at least you would just not have to go through all this and you would just get to I live think, and I die. I think that was, Luna's, that was Luna's problem. Luna looked at the earth and saw that cycle and was like, that's too boring. Let me introduce some chaos. How about right. I'll give them a chance to fight you and maybe you kill them or they kill you. Maybe they kill you. It's more like what does she benefit from this entire like thing in this one it's just for her own entertainment at this point does she become the next son yeah. luna what if luna's the final artifact the sentient yeah. artifact like, like the it's book? purely for fun like you see how like happy she looks at the idea of this yeah That's, just, it's just absolutely euphoric like literally euphoric watching this happen just like again just playing around with like well Sun could kill you right now. It could just destroy the loop. There might not be an arc. There might be nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Be like, Sun was going to kill you anyway. I'm All I'm doing is just giving you a chance to fight back. And I'm just going to give you hood hair. Here's all these weapons or these tools. If you can find it, great. If you can't, sucks to you. You might want to side over as much time as you can. It's just the, the, the gods gambling and just literally every humans as their play thing is just very uh sinister very toxic sinister which it's unfortunate that we know nothing good is going to come of this scene anyway Mm -mm. 
Like, let's be real here. Is it raw seeing, you know, Juiz pull a Yo Asakura and make the giant <laughs> oversoul? Yes. Not the super oversoul. All my memories, all everything I've had and said within the 99 loops. I mean, if Fuka was ever to use the sword, she only has that one extra loop left, right? So right. if we are planning that next loop and we and we are seeing the full-on Fuko fighting this, all she has is that one loop and all the memory that everybody else had. But I doubt Rebellion would be at its full like strength that Jules has it right now with 99 loops. We don't know how that oh. the artifact works. So I'll also say that this weapon is the antithesis to Fuko's character, though. Like yeah, holding both a grudge. Fu- <laughs> like both Fuko and Juiz are similar in that they both really care about their allies. They're very passionate people. But Juiz was grinding this out for 99 loops, stacking it with, as she put it, 455.4 billion undying years. Fuko is a genuinely like sweet person who, you know, when she's going to loop, She's going to loop and loop straight to like the 1850s or something. She's not looping all the way back to the dinosaur era like Juiz did the first time to sit next to Victor. You know what I mean? What's even worse is that Fuko, to activate her unluck ability, she has to love the person too. And you're watching all this battle. You're watching God kill all your friends. How do you love someone like this to like have the unluck ability? Besides like you can love Andy and like give him all the unluck and then put that onto God, but I don't think it's gonna that is ever going to stop or kill God. It needs to be Foucault loving God directly in order for God to die at this point, really. That's why the best I can see is a bittersweet ending for Undead Unluck, because I could easily see it coming down to an unluck bullet infused with Andy. And him basically sacrificing his life to kill God by drawing whatever that miraculous stroke of unluck is to him while he's in God's body or something like that. But the second God dies, I'm sure everybody's going to lose their negating ability, and that's going to be the cruel trick that he gets in the end. And maybe, maybe Luna will be nice and do something kind for them and keep Andy alive so that he can grow old with Fuko. But based on what we saw at Luna this chapter, that ain't happening. Nah, she doesn't want no happily ever after. She just wants entertainment. She just wants she, to she win her bet. Yeah, she just wants to be able to be like, yeah, um, I'm better than you, son. Like, for all we know, goal. I think that maybe that's actually the bet. It's literally like, yeah, if I my I win the bet when you die, I take your place. I become the mm-hmm. next biggest god in the universe, kind of thing. I can see it. I can honestly see it. Because what's the point of this otherwise? I'll say it's cool that we see that Chikara, while injured, is still somewhat alive. Victor agreeing not to come back in at all the next loop was kind of a surprise, but at the same time, we kind of knew that we were heading towards this point where Victor's story was kind of over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've we kind were, of been we were pondering, setting this up. We were pondering for, it, so we, it's good that we got an answer. Because we, we definitely have had conversation about, like, okay, so what does this mean, because like, yeah, Juiz might be get you know, Juiz might get you know, reset or whatever the case may be, wiped 
but like that doesn't say anything for what victor. might actually wipe out victor is memory itself i think the moment that he sees jules like die die he's willing he's he's just willing to let memory kill him from andy i think i think our confirmation is that he's not going anywhere he's just going to actively make a choice now to not come forward or at least not come forward unwarranted because yeah. we still see that he victor is substantially more powerful than andy Mm-hmm. His ability to use the ability is like way more in depth than Andy's own is. It's ninety nine um, loops times four point four billion years of experience, and from what we've learned right now, God wasn't just like here and then out afterwards, like the whole destroying the world and rotation. Nah, man, God literally tortured Victor throughout those forty four four point four billion years, and now Andy's. It's going to be Andy's turn in that final loop where he has to go through God's torture for 4.4 million billion years and stuff like that. But that's the whole point of undead. You can't die from anything that I've put you to, but you're going to be tasting all the torture, all the pain mm-hmm. that you can put through everything like that. Does you remember what he said? He was like, um, I was on the earth and it was just like a burning mess for a couple million some years just suffering burning alive for millions of years at a time and victor's only hope and this only what kept him going was Jui's just seeing her that like every loop it's like as long as i could see her once within this loop all worth it and he basically said you know like yeah i just mentally checked out and suffered and disassociated for a while like all right poor victor <laughs> Like seriously, poor Victor. At this point, yeah, and like you would think, and out of context of the reason why Victor wants to cure Jewies, it's more like, like stop, like stop, it's stop her like, torturing and to kill. It's just like he just doesn't want mercy. Like mercy her, yeah. yeah, it's a euthanasia at that point. Like yeah, release her from the the, the childish game that Sun and Moon is carrying on. Because, like, if you love somebody, you don't want them going through what Juice went through with this stuff. You don't. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, y'all got any other big points for this? Like, I, I just... this was, No, um, this, this is why this I was like, this was chapter is really, big, but really at the same time... Big and really, really not anything all at the same time. That's why I'm like, it, it's such a conclusion to these arcs that it's like, all right, it's time. It's time for this to end. Yeah. Things are wrapping up here, eh? <laughs> and she's she still... I mean... Not not just the slash of the sword, it's also her injustice too. Just and we have to see if that affects God. That'll be interesting because we don't know if this is a version of justice to him or just or literally just fun. Because if it's just him having fun, it really might not fly. I mean, there might be some some long some long-term implications. There might be a permanent scar because we talk about not being able to use rebellion again. So Mm-hmm. There might be some other implications or restrictions that are, like I said, long-term based off of this. And again, the, the sacred artifacts are the only one that can do true harm too. So, yeah. Also, y'all think we're seeing any of these people like reincarnate in the next loop? Or do you think we're, we're really going to have to build from ground zero? I think everyone's getting reincarnated. That's the only way yeah. that makes sense because literally like people who died left and right are already like telling yo fuko andy remember me remember mm-hmm. help change this entire past let me join back the team again because even rip was like yo next time go to the loop can i like let me officially join your team 
and we'll help yeah. Kyokai together. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, done. Dog, Rip's story was, man, Rip, Rip. <laughs> rip but rip. He, had, he, he had to rip his lover first. Look, he didn't kill his lover <laughs> first before he killed himself. Yo, no, that was one of the sick. And I even even killed a sister too. All the tragic timings, his was the worst. (laughs) Like, yeah, other people have killed significant others, but imagine training yourself up to be able to save their life, and then in the process of trying to save their life, you kill them. I would say, I say, I would say the one that's more traumatic was Nico's. Like, literally, your yours activated. The moment like your wife gave birth, but she was actually dying in that moment, and you are forever remembering her death over and over again in your rotation while forgetting all the pa- all your past with them. I think that's the most traumatic. Yeah, Rip, Rip, mm. and um, what's his name? What's the doctor's name again? <sighs> I still think Tops was the worst. I, I don't, I don't like. I don't even think Tops is <laughs> bad. Like. He he killed his friends because they were all having a race, and it was just an accident. And he I mean, it was probably to... the most traumatic, just especially like given the age of it. But that's what it. I that's know, that's what it is for me. It's like Nico. As... Nico is pretty tough. Like it, Nico and and <laughs> he's like Nico ten years old. No, I think Nico was pulling the front because, like, I th- I think he was just pulling a front a face in front in this moment. Yeah, he had a daughter, but he never like seen her as the re- correct replacement or anything like that. Yeah, but it it's, just... it's the it's the point to which you can remember and the point to which you can't remember. You know what I mean? And literally, desperately trying to hold on to the memory of this person who you've basically forgotten all the other things that you've experienced with them prior because you're stockpiling an infinite number of information into your brain. Like mm-hmm. I think conceptually, that's so hard to to like put together but like that's that's messed up like i, I, think I still it's messed say up. I, I just i don't know bro you literally become the best in the world to save the life of your lover <laughs> and with your own hands with your own medically licensed hands you can't heal like, you can't bro. heal he's like I, I stitched her up what's going on and it's like unrepaired unrepaired <laughs> <laughs> He could have, he could have got any other negated ability in the world in that moment. And, and then no. you have, you have the whole sister. Literally, yeah, if you do it this way, correct the move. And so, like, yo, how come right. it's not working? You told me this was gonna work, yo. Not me. The sister, like, the sister having top tier fortune telling, and like that was the thing that killed me. Is like fleshing it out further and being like, no, she was actually good at this. Yeah, like she was legitimately like both of them. Like Rip being a top tier surgeon and her actually being good at the mysticism that she was involved with, and then God being like, "No." <laughs> the biggest hater in manga right now, like <laughs> hands down, biggest hater in Jump is God. No, I'm now you know what form. you know what. I'm technically wondering, was it God that created negation? Like, I know he creates the Uma, but wouldn't but wouldn't be, it be Luna that creates the negation to for humans so that they can use it to fight God? So what if it was Luna? So wouldn't that mean Luna is the one that sense, literally actually. fucked out everybody else? That actually I mean, makes a lot of sense. Because if Luna, Luna did it... Because Luna made the artifacts. And... 
God is already OP in itself, and he's creating new laws and rules and everything that way. Because if you think about it, yeah, hold on. Because it might actually be Luna this whole time. Now I'm now I know now I can recognize not, that smile. That's was, why she's like it was Luna all along. That's crazy. It, it like, makes it, sense. It might be though. both of them. Like, because like if you think about it, God, why would God give the people the ability to break the rules he was making? It's kind of making it seem like God didn't create the humans in this planet Earth. He only created mm. these rules for them that they are living so that I can go and kill them in such sort of way. While Luna... So we, we still don't know that they're the only gods. Remember, that was something that we said originally. It doesn't mean that they're the only two gods. True. Yeah. And Okay. Because, like, I'm, I look back at last chapter real quick, and Luna was like, this is a game to see whether the world... Um, the weather, the world, the lives, everything which we created is capable of reaching us gods. I bet on people and created the artifacts. Sun bet on the rules winning and gave birth to the Umas. So, so the negators Luna, have to right? be... Well, that's the thing is that by specifying Sun made the Umas and the rules and Luna made the artifacts for people, there's a third variable that like negation itself is not being discussed here. So the question is, is God giving making negators or is a third God making negators? But I don't see God creating the negators just so that it goes against him, though. That's what I'm saying. So like, he wouldn't help Luna win that bet. Right. So when Luna says she's betting on the people, I think she's doing a tongue in cheek way of saying, I give people the negation abilities, too. Because at that point, she is sabotaging these people's lives so that they build up the grudge. Which would you factor in? Rebellion is a sword that is based on the amount of hatred you have for God and all this other stuff. She is basically setting people up to be able to use that sword. Man, is Luna the ultimate gas like gas gaslighter? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was all God's fault. Go kill him. Like, yo. Hey yo. Like because the Umas themselves. It's not, it, technically it wouldn't matter if the game wasn't being played between the two of them. Because think about it, like rules like sex, gravity, all that other stuff only get added because Luna is like, let's see if they can reach us. And I'm going to help them do it. Because otherwise you could just have a world of Umas. And then more than likely God would get bored of a world of just Umas. And then he'd go out of his way to, you know, uh, start stop fucking with people. And he wouldn't bother showing up just to kill people. He didn't have to make them. So I kind of feel like Luna is making the people and forcing them to go through this shit. Just yeah, so she can wild. troll God or troll actually, the sun. Actually wild. Yeah. It, it kind of heightened. I mean, they both, they brings both up could the have theory. created they both could have created it together, which then that also just makes it even more sick and twisted. I, I don't know. Luna's clearly the villain here. Yeah, like, Sun kind of feels like, like, at this point, it almost feels like Sun is trying to prove, it's like, I think, Kenny, you mentioned, like, man, this better not be, you know, the Sun is mad because he couldn't, you know, get her. When yeah, he that's exactly but what I was thinking again. It's starting to feel more and more like, like it's starting to feel it. more, yeah, like, it's starting to feel more and more like that's the case, and that Sun is basically stuck playing this game and has, like, the promise to get some poontang at the end or something. 
but it wouldn't it wouldn't be far off because like i've said before it's like the idea of romanticism and love and stuff is something that's such a key part of like this story it would almost be a miss to not have that play into a higher level with a deity so <laughs> not some lunacy <laughs> like go to sleep that is. <laughs> like this this it, this is starting to feel like some thanos shit not and I don't mean movie Thanos. I mean comic Thanos. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh no, because comic Thanos, not in the world for Mrs. Death. <clears throat> bro, it's starting to feel like some comic Thanos. I'm gonna ruin all these people's lives just so I can get some lunacy. What's even worse is like literally when Luna said like, if you hadn't continued clearing these quests to preserve Earth until 2020. There would have been no way to locate these like spirit treasures and shit. It's just she knew yeah. what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. And Fuko mm-hmm. sees it. Fuko's like, yo, hey, yo. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, yo, I wouldn't move, or you're gonna destroy the rotation. You can't go to the next loop, kind of thing. But I'm gonna spill all these secrets so that you know. And then you could probably win in that next loop after all the information, but. Yeah, kill God. Let me be his replacement. But you know, mm-hmm. master manipulator over here kind of thing. Bro, she toxic. She read from the book The Future. So you know what? We found a little extra to talk about in Undead on Luck before <laughs> we wrapped it up. <laughs> Can you say that, Kenny? Can you say that again, Kenny? You're mute. I said, yeah, we found a little bit of bonus content, but it's time <laughs> to stop joking around and jump into this JJK. First I... off, we back on real sorcerer time. We got my boy Megumi <laughs> back. The one that's not afraid to catch a body. It's been over a year too since we've seen Yuji too. And Sukuna <laughs> technically. Actually, no, not even more than a year, technically. Last I think the last time we saw Sukuna, he was laughing as Yuji got stabbed by yep. Yuta. Yep, that was it. Like Sukuna. Which, <laughs> he's always been a menace a true menace. you know what i blame him because we have a new chat the chapters are coming out next monday and not our usual sunday <laughs> that makes sense. i blame song. him because because oh yeah like number 200 yeah you're getting that on monday instead but you know people oh, can spoil, people will spoil that shit on wednesday still like, yeah i'm about to say you know you know it's gonna be spoiled <laughs> by tuesday night regardless so so one of the things, though, that I, I think is interesting about this is that, and I, this is me taking a small dub here. So there was a time period where if you Googled Mahogra, you know, Megumi's 10th uh, mm-hmm. Shikigami, that, which we actually have one, I think we have one more Shikigami too to unlock besides Mahogra. But you would get a tweet of mine about him because I was the only person who was really like, I guess, like really talking about him like that, like looking at the vision. And I got into an argument with somebody a couple weeks ago where I was talking about how it's kind of clear that Christian symbolism is being utilized for uh, for Mahogra and how he's got like the angel wheel on his back. Somebody was like, no, it's just the Ten Shadows of Samsara. This is, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Cause I was, and I'm like, nah, bro. Gege didn't uh, add in the Ten Shadows or not the Ten Shadows, but the inverted spear of destiny for no reason while also having angel character archetypes and all this other stuff. He's setting up for, uh, what do you call it? 
like he's he's using that imagery and sure enough now we got like the no this is the person that's supposed to be whether you're looking at the tcb version of paulin or uh viz version of disgraced angel to describe sakuna that's where we are now you know what i'm saying and playing into like sakuna being more of like a lucifer type figure so i'm sitting here now looking at this like all right if we're basically having like a, a like a like a Lucifer type figure, and you know Mahogra has got like those six wing like wings on his face, because if you remember, Sukuna straight up says during Shibuya, if he had been in his cursed spirit form, that sword would have one shot him, without question, because the blade was just made of pure positive energy. Mm-hmm. Which that also makes me wonder if, for example. Yuji got stabbed by that sword, would it purify him of Sukuna? Maybe. I don't really exactly know how vessels and war. And right, like, like we got a lot of questions too. with this now. Uh, I just want to say, so ultimately, what we, what we got is that we still don't know a lot about a lot of things, which I'm okay with because, mm-hmm. it, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't particularly have an issue with the way the, this, this world is being produced. I think that it's, it's fine that we're still getting things at this point because it keeps us engaged. My issue here is like, I don't know about anyone else. Like, I just knew the moment he was like, I need you to help me with one thing. I was like, I just already knew where that was going. Yeah, like, oh. It, it's, but, it's, always, it's always another thing too with Sukuna. It's like, yeah, hey, no, the, even the first, even the first two, hey, like, yeah, I'll bring it back to life, bring back your heart, you'll be moving again. But you know, you got to let me control and you won't know for a good minute. And then Yuji had to fight with him inside his own mind and lost, but he doesn't remember it. But mm-hmm. there's still that binding vow of Sukuna could just come out for one entire minute or if he wanted to but he can't kill people mm-hmm. or actually no Yuji told him you can't kill anybody but I don't know if Sukuna is like fine if you can I won't kill anybody but you have to let me out for a good minute but then I think, Yuji I think, agree to I think, it I think he can't even, like I, I think he's literally unable to even express anything I like, think he's like fully suppressed for an entire minute like, you know how you could be inside and see what's kind of going on? Like, I don't think he gets that either. Like, I think it's just, yeah. like, whatever happens, happens, which is crazy. <laughs> also, a small thing that I do want to, I don't, like, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it, but just because it was the beginning of the chapter, I think it's hilarious that Noritoshi was basically named after Hitler because his mom, like, Right, right? I was like, yo, mom, what like, the like, fuck? just so he can, like, like it's because like, she didn't know the whole, like, you know, it's a forbidden name, hoping to kick you up. He was like, yo, mom, what do you, yo, know? she, she was like, he's, he's a good boy, right? <laughs> like, he's, bruh, he, he turned she, out to be okay, right? What kind you know? of twisted, toxic parent relationship? Even Maki was trying to relate to him. Yeah, I, I kind of gave, I kind of killed my mom, but apparently she was still alive because. Or else, like, or she how, wasn't how that this bad be? because she killed Naoya, you know, like. And for me, it's like, bro. She was basically, but like, what I do like about this is that it means that Kamo can go home, because like, he ain't deserve any of the stuff that happened to him in relation to all this stuff. Um, I did think that him being named that was gonna end lead to a reveal where. Um. Noritoshi Kama was going to be the head of the Kamo clan and I got it like half right with that because it ended up being like 
he wasn't fully that, but he did control the conservative seat, and then he wiped out everybody who, like, was doing that stuff, so it's like, well, damn, all right, so he wasn't fully incorporated in the government, but then he did eventually get in there, so, all right, that's, that's that. But at least um, Noritoshi's mom does want him back and, like, be yeah. involved in her family. At least that's nice. At least it's something. It's like, but all in all, it's like, literally, just talk to her, man. You don't exactly know her situation. I know, like, you came in the wrong time, never interacted with her, but you see her with a new family and stuff, which is very traumatizing and shocking. Mm-hmm. But at least Maki was, like, in her own way. Maybe if I talked to my mom instead of, like, nearly killing her, we could have been on a better footing ground because mm-hmm. maki always thought that her mom always hated her so she was the cursed child should have never been born and all that stuff like that honestly that, that fucks with you but if mom was willing to kill the head of the family because the men in that group was like was really shitty to all the women and to you included maybe she's not entirely bad but mm-hmm. still bad still shitty but at least Maki knew, like, yeah, maybe I should have not killed her or stab her or whatever. Also, I'm very curious to see, um, since Angel can, like, move between colonies, we know Maki can move between colonies, even though Maki isn't a player. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how this all kind of plays out. Which Takabe and Yuji linking up, I feel a little bad for my boy. Because Takabe, Kurusu, or Hana, and Yuji are all sharing their brain cells, clearly. But <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. And I know that's so irritating for Megumi all at the same time. So I just I just love that. I love that dynamic, honestly. I'm trying to figure so I, there's like a debate between which translate translation is better on the side of um because like some people are like you know because of that fallen one versus disgraced one, mm-hmm. but this aspect of translating it as the destined one for how she referred to him, it makes me wonder if we're about to find out a lot more about the Ten Shadows technique throughout this story beat, because of how important Megumi has been, and how much he's been emphasized by Sukuna from Jump. So there, to me, there seems to be something extra special about Megumi that we do not know. And I, it, it feels like, like did uh, Sukuna try to get the wheel from Mahogra? Yes. But I think it's even more than that. Didn't he, didn't he, to- didn't he toss it back to him, too? Is like, he yeah, wasn't there for collecting it. He just gave he it back to Megumi. he couldn't keep it. I think because it, it started dissolving. Because it right, wasn't because... a ritual anyway. Yeah, because Megumi planned it for himself and the uh, butcher dude, and Sukuna mm-hmm. was a third party to interrupt that ritual and stuff like that. But yeah, and again, we still have the the beautiful Bleach Ichigo treatment of our protagonist, so we don't know how his backstory ultimately ends up playing into all of this. Mm-hmm. It's literally it's literally a golden ticket out of like anything right about now. I'm telling I, I think you, it'd be it, interesting to see how Megumi plays into the... I think Megumi's a lot a lot more related to Sukuna than we think, um, whether it's as an as a antithesis to, to, to Sukuna or whatever. But I do like, the, I do like the, the disgraced one. I like how that feels, and I like that, how that plays into the idea of uh, Sukuna's backstory, mm-hmm. um, as, as it's been told to us thus far. So I feel like that that definitely is a prominent thing because we know that Sukuna was a sorcerer 
in and of themselves innately, um, or initially yep. rather not innately. So There's I a think good like, chance that a Zenny, it's because he met the ancestor Zenny, and, and that's and that's what I'm like. There, there could be a um a big power play here. I, I hate to use the reference, but it could be a whole Naruto, the the original brothers, the antithesis kind of thing, where just like this was always meant to be, and this is why the Zenins and the Gojos and whatever has been passed on for just this point of this meetup or whatever the case may be. But I do want to ask, do you guys really think that it's going to be this straightforward uh, to get Gojo back? Because even Megumi like, is like Fort Wall, almost. Fort Everything Wall seems so I'm convenient. Like, Everything too seems too convenient. Too well, smoothly. That's, that's what the whole Sukuna being like, I'm the disgraced one, so don't just say nothing. Uh, because they've got Sukuna which means that the deal is now kill Yuji and I'll help you. Yeah. And we've already established that you can't cleanse. Like they pretty much set the whole setup up to be like, look, there's one way to get rid of him and that's to kill Yuji. I'm going to just remind y'all real quick. Also, mm-hmm. I could possibly... They can also Gojo. negotiate saying, if you, un- if you unseal this box where Gojo's trapped, technically Gojo can be the person that kills Sukuna. Nah, remember, that's not that's not gonna fly given Go, Go, the way that was presented to us. Because Gojo is very cocky, but he is powerful, and Gojo does believe he can he can beat Sukuna. Do they have any way of knowing that? Do they have any way of knowing of Gojo? Like we don't know that, so I I think it doesn't. I don't think it, it could possibly map out that way. I think that if anything, there has to be some type of other deal or arrangement made. The smartest thing would be to just be straightforward about it, which would be very Yuji. Like, it, to be like, okay, so, guess what? I have Sukuna. He's inside of me. Here's what we're not going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I've already made a resolve to die. Like, I've already agreed to this. I'm going to be the one to kill him and then play around that in some fit, form or fashion. But, like, I don't know what else could possibly happen there. So, I here's mean, my thing, right? Is that we basically got hard confirmation that there's like a deity up above because which we've been hinting at most of the series anyway with heaven's restrictions right well, i mean he said no not to be fair they do say that that's their interpretation yeah so it's, it's a little loose here but yeah but but with what we got with angel here it seems like angel wasn't set up by kenjaku that's not the vibe that i'm getting out of this Technically, like, was she is she also one of the cursed spirit, old cursed spirits? Did she say or didn't clarify? But this gives this very much gives me the same vibe of um Michael, mm-hmm. the that angel, archangel Michael, down, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. coming down who's usually depicted as like the one who would like take on Satan, you know, like being like kind of like an arch rival when people tend to make these kinds of stories incorporating that stuff. Um, because, you know, he's coming out like, yeah, I want to go around and whoop on people and get this stuff back. And what's more is that Angel's technique very clearly, in my opinion, stems from positive energy, not cursed energy. That same negation stuff that Mahogada sword was infused with. Mm-hmm. They made they made a very good point of pointing that out. Which like I, I negate is... curse techniques, barrier techniques include seals are no exception. 
and can go around and like strip or execute incarnate pl- incarnate players. Because at the end of the day, they're all perversions of the natural order. So it's like, what exactly are you tied to? Because already, like I said, to me, the inverted spear of destiny was a play on the spear of destiny that was supposed to have pierced the side of Jesus, which is what it's usually called, like the spear of destiny. So having that basically be a holy artifact that could diffuse curse techniques makes sense now. It was basically a free exorcism tool. Mm-hmm. So how much of this stuff are we really going to dive into? And are we going to start tapping into uh, the secondary energy system that's kind of being hinted at in the background, but not truly touched on? Because when this angel decided to live in conjunction with Hana, and I think I saw somebody mention star plasma vessels and how it might just be that certain people are star plasma vessels, and that means that they're higher, they're candidates for hosting other spirits or hosting, you know, angels, stuff like that, and they can, their bodies can take it. So I don't know what you guys are thinking about this, but I'm thinking we're going to get an explanation on Yuji's physiology, and I do think it's going to stem from uh, more or less the body that Kenjaku took over to give birth to Yuji being one that was attached to a clan of some sort that had the ability or was more in touch with like holy power that kind of stuff you know what I mean I mean yeah of course the the ideal thing here is that somehow uh Itadori is also a gojo and a zenin all at the same time you know I I I think I think I'm uh I'm this was not as fun a chapter for me and I'm not saying it was a bad Mm -hmm. chapter it just was kind of very straightforward in a very mundane kind of way it also so, still gives you a lot of questions though like yeah I, and i think that's i think that's what like not irritates me but i think that's what kind of like makes me less enthused because it's like you just gave me more questions i came out of the whole maki situation fight with questions it kind of felt like you threw and jumped some things in there and again like i don't think it's bad for storytelling purposes but Mm-mm. now i'm just kind of like i have to wait I'm just still in this kind mm-hmm. of like I have to wait, and I'm still I've been I feel like I've been here for a while, much like my hero academia. I feel like I've been here for a while of like, well, what's the next thing? Like, what are you really trying to set up here? I guess is the question, and I guess we do get that intro again, like we kind of talked about previously. We do get that kind of intro of like, oh well, you know, this is a transition. It's like the end of one thing, the beginning of another. But I'm just still here, like, eh, you know. I, I think I notice a little bit more about the the vessels uh original uh consciousness in a way because when angel brought up the whole most of them do it by suppressing the vessel's original owner whether intentionally or subconsciously i think knowing that with reggie uh the uh uh, kamari uh Mm -hmm. and the other dude technically they weren't. They we knew like they were no match for Sukuna, and there was no vessel for Sukuna until Kenjaku made Yuji. I think once Yuji it consumes all twenty fingers from Sukuna, technically Yuji's gone, wouldn't it? Meaning like it, the it gets suppressed one hundred percent, or maybe not. 
maybe maybe not maybe that's the beginning of everything maybe he needs to be able to have all 20 fingers to unlock the true whatever whatever yuji really is and that's a good point to which there's a clash because you gotta think about like we're bringing back all of these sorcerers right Mm -hmm. from the past right that were already never able to beat sukuna but then they all wanted to fight Sukuna to test their own strength because they were the strongest at their time. Yeah, but it was it was it's been pretty clear to us that of all the times and all the times that there ever was, he was the strongest. He was the one that was given the title. Like this is who he was. Honored yeah. one. Yeah, all the sorts were called him that dude. <laughs> yeah. So it, it'd be interesting. Like I said, it'd be interesting to see how if if consuming all the fingers again. What if Yuji is a true, like, what if it's really an Ichigo moment? What if he's a descendant of everything and therefore he is the perfect, you know, encapsulation for this? So he's able to deal with all of it and he's the only person in and of himself that could kill Sukuna. Like, Yuji doesn't have anything. Like, he still doesn't have his own cursed ability. Like, y'all realize that, right? Like, he, yeah. so he's now, just, he's it's, just, it's, now we know body. it could be suppressing now because of Sukuna. It's even suppressing it even more, wouldn't it? Right. So what if what if Itadori isn't even fully realized until after the fact? You know what I mean? It isn't until the potential for it all is there that the bounds or maybe they, they maybe he has seals and constrictions on him that are connected to uh the max power of Sukuna, which I mean far so stretch, but it'd be interesting. That, that might be a negotiation tactic that they can utilize, is that like they can be like, hey. Um, at the end of the day, we still have five Sukuna fingers. I have 15 of them. So what if you prioritize helping us and eventually we still take out Sukuna just later because we still need five more fingers. Mm-hmm. You don't want to kill me with, you know, only 75% of Sukuna inside me just for him to still be wandering these streets because even one finger Sukuna is a problem for a lot of sorcerers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I see the negotiation tactic. It could also be Kenjaku just finding... He, he, the reason why he was in China and all the other places was just because those are where the remaining fingers are. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kenjaku's network is so, so wide as well as he's also a Noritoshi. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. he's also a... Um, what was that last name? Uh, not Zanin, not Gojo. I, I forgot Noritoshi's last name. But regardless, I guess they're the biggest family. They're well, now they're the, the top family. Yeah, uh, now the Kamo that. clan is the biggest one. Kamo, thank you. Yeah, Kamo is like the like the top top. Well, they have their networks and their connections, and technically Kenjaku is the head of that family. There's a good chance that the day before where, Norit- where they told Noritoshi, he kicked out Noritoshi from the family. Mm-hmm. That's when he found, was he was just back in order to get the research knowledge of where the other remaining fingers of Sukuna was. It's a shame that Noritoshi can't just leave the games, though, which I feel like as soon as they get the ability to leave, he's going to get out. Just because what reason does he have to be doing all this anymore? I wouldn't be trying to deal with the Jujutsu Society like that, like. I think he remember like he kind of gave up on everything and he might as well he still has his friends and he was just willing to suicide himself for Maki and them and stuff like that. Yeah. So 
that's that's really the only thing his only motivation is just that let me be the stepping stone for everybody else kind of thing which mm-hmm. very bad very bad mentality to have yeah but no, not a healthy spot not a healthy spot especially when like unexpectedly known that his mom really does miss him and wants him back and all that shit like that but I, I think he'll just he continues the game is because he he feels like himself that he has nothing left to live for kind of thing and if he can be a stepping stone for his friends let it be this and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, honestly there's also since they have so many points what's what was the entire rules that they actually need? I know you to explain what rules they had to do left. One was to exchange points. One was to be a figuring way to in and out of the game. The exchange yeah. points so yes. that no one movement, dies. Movement, communication, mm. preservation of life. Yeah, which they already have Koganis in place, so... Can I get a little tired? Um, no worries the using the koganes as cell phones feels like the natural progression of those objects um being able to swap barriers kind of feels like an inevitability too so the real question is where they would get these extra 10 points so that they can make whatever other rules they needed oh because they need to be able to make it so that players can swap out of the game so i think what their goal would be would be to force the game to recognize maki as a player like a swap Maki and Samiki, assuming she wants to leave the game. Because we, we could find out that she's been on demon time this whole time. And that's something that I feel like we we hasn't really been discussed heavily, but is a distinct possibility. So far, they have 359 points, so they can make three rules, which line of communication is most definitely has to be the first one. Second has to be the preservation of life, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then third one is literally just to locate people because they don't they still don't know where Sumaki is. Yeah, that too. Well, Kashimo gave them the ability, ability to reveal locations of players. So they just oh, got to right. know how to ask it, I think. I thought he got the list of players of who's in there or something like that. Let me double check. I'll go back and see if I can It was weird. It. Because he made the, the Kagomi, right? His his rule made the Kagomi's Nah, everybody listing. gets a Kagome when they join the game. Because he was like, Kagome, I want to add a rule. da 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 is what I want. So, I went back a little too far. See if I can find this real quick. It really is going to seem like everybody's, like the people that want to kill Sukuna or to fight Sukuna, it's all going to meet in one place. And oh, like definitely. Yuji is just straight up in the center, and then Sukuna just later appears myself. So you're all the you were all the best of the best of your own entire time. Bring it on, give me what you got. I have 15 fingers in me. Just impress me. And it was just so hard for Sukuna to be impressed with people. Yuji gonna get jumped. Actually, I just realized that because of the nature of Sukuna's domain, I mean. Angel says that they cancel out curse techniques, period, so they might still be immune to it. There's also the simple domain thing and then the whole protection of your own stuff like that. They might be, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're fully immune. They just might have more freedom than the average person inside of Sukuna's domain. Yeah. Because it's still see. it's still a very wide range, like all targeting kind of thing. So I feel yeah, like it'd be impossible to dodge. He went miles. Like it was like a whole 
sphere yeah. or miles. Okay, Columbus. so back in, hold on, back in chapter 158, the Kagome pops up over uh, Yuji's head and he's like, ring, ring, ring. A player mm -hmm. has added a new rule to the Cullen game. Rule nine, players shall have access to information on other players, such as name, points, mm -hmm. number <laughs> of rules added, and current colony. Okay, so they don't have like Intel. exact location, but they do know where any player is that they choose to look up, more or less. Mm -hmm. Actually, we don't even know if Sumaki uh, participate in the game. That's how you know if it's on the list or not, too. If you don't participate, you immediately get your curse. If you don't participate, you get your curse technique and remove it. Up to a certain time of day. Yeah, you're, you're given a time limit now. It's like, remember Megumi was like, yo, how long was I out? How long was I out? How long was I out? It's just been two days. Mm -hmm. We still have a good, a week, I think. I I don't. I haven't kept track of the time. But um, yeah, I don't think more than a full week has passed in the Cullen games. So yeah, no. that sounds. About I, think, right. I think it's nineteen days is the timer. So yeah, so you still got a week and change probably. And they still need to evacuate the other humans and people that's in those in the colonies so that they get a chance to escape as well. So. The difference between the JJK and the and Dylan Luck is because there's no clock counter. There, actually, there's no clock counter in either of them this chapter. And then, like, there was no counter clock from when we got from the previous chapter. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, but I'm I'm sure we're gonna get a time code update us all like a date or something soon. Um, I'm are they gonna have to meet up again or at least meet up with Maki in my perspective? So, I think that's probably like the next couple steps. So. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I'm I'm good for the night. I see Aniki almost clocked out on us. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm good. I'm good. What do you guys think was the best chapter? <sighs> it's okay, Aniki. It's okay. It's fair to say. Go ahead. Say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'll go. No shaming here. Undead, JJK. What was that? I said, My Hero, Undead, JJK. But That's I think fair. Undead might have been skewed for me a little because somebody was like, Undead Unlucked is like the chapter of the week. And then I read it and I was like, this was good, but... I think it gained points for me because I thought of the theory of like Luna's yeah. like balls. It, it helped increase it. But I think the reveal of Deku's final all-for-one quirk. Yeah. What's is what gave it the extra push push because now we don't have to worry about we don't have to think about the mysteries of all of Deku's quirks anymore. We don't have to worry about time travel Bakugo. We don't have to play the guessing game as to what's his next quirk. We can just focus on the applications of it and how the fight is gonna go because of it, you know. So I think it makes it a lot easier to be like, all right, now we just need to focus on like the narrative beats and the only weird thing that I'll say that I thought about is that now that we've got hard confirmation that he can infuse different aspects of his quirk with other quirks, I'm curious to see if the smoke screen quirk is going to do what I think it is going to do, which is allow him to have other people breathe in the smoke screen and get imbued with different power levels or like Fajin energy or something like that. It could also be just the last resort even though you can't if you don't finish in within the five minutes i guess you go mm -hmm. full power lies like our own luffy doing all his gears and he's a couple of minutes in order for him to get back up on his feet at least mm -hmm. and i guess the smoke can just be used to do the whole distraction but we i, I definitely can see the whole entire 
flying base touching ground. Oh, definitely. I feel like that's inevitable. Kenny? Um, I will have to go My Hero Kaiju number eight and the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think My Hero was definitely the chapter of the week. I got I really appreciated what I got from Kaiju number eight, so I'm gonna give it a little nudge. Um and then yeah. The coolest moment was definitely from an emotional standpoint was definitely rebellion and infusing all of the revenge. Mm-hmm. That was definitely like the coolest moment, but like of everything, I think it was definitely my hero. And then I think it would be Kaiju number eight right behind. But yeah, I'm 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 gonna go watch that burning finger clip right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna watch I, I Mercury the, after this. <laughs> I love the the mouths and stuff all over the the flame that's coming off the, the sword and stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, but that's all. That's our list. Uh, Aniki, can you please give us your plugs? Uh, Aniki Smash FSP on anything you need to find me. Uh, Twitter, YouTube. If I ever get around to actually doing stuff on Twitch, all of them. Aniki Smash FSP and Church of MHA Discord. Those are the spots you will find me reliably. Links are in the live chat, guys. Yo, yo, you know, you can find me, follow me everywhere at Kendall Grant VA, K N D A L L G R A N T V A. And um, yeah, I got that everywhere. That's that's my Twitch, that's my Twitter, my TikTok, my Instagram, all of that. So go ahead and get at me. Um, I'm working on my voice acting stuff. If you got suggestions, recommendations for improvement, or even just little challenges, you know, I could definitely do that, man. Thank you guys for watching. Remember to like the video if you guys enjoyed. Of course, subscribe to the Anime Lately channel. And if you want to find me personally, Sam Langman and all the socials. Uh, mostly I'm more active on Twitter, uh, sometimes in Discord, sometimes here and there. But yeah, thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys enjoy the another episode of Shonen Ronin. Uh, we will let you guys know if we want to go live on a Monday with the chapters on there. But you know, I still blame Sukuna. Regardless, peace.